Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Oh my goodness, I have heard this so many times. And every time I hear it, I say, words do hurt. Words do hurt, right? Have you ever been accused of something you did not do? Do you remember how you responded? Do you remember how you felt? Well, I have, and I remember how I felt more than even what I thought at that time. So today we are diving into a practical application of our favorite, 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 favorite word, which is the Bible, to figure out how the Bible truly teaches us how to handle some of these things. I always say that the Bible is has all the application we need when it comes to living a good life. And so let's face it, though, in our humanity, uh, when our humanity comes out of us during these types of situations, um, it, can, it can really cause a lot of damage to us and even to the people that are around us. So I really want us to take note of what we are about to talk about today. So if you want to react less and you want to respond more when it comes to these types of situations where you're dealing with false accusation, I want you to come on in and figure it out. Let's go. sister. Hi, dear sister. This is Kate Ekokadezi, and it is great to have you listening today. What I aim to do with this podcast and the wider ministry of I Am Free Woman is to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice, and once we embrace that process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say healed people heal people. I want to shout out Vicky Kelly for following us on Instagram. Thanks, Vicky, for your support. It is great to have you join the Choose to Live Free Dear Sister community, and that warms my heart greatly. This podcast is me and you navigating the world of healing the heart and mind by integrating faith and well-being tools to activate your spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, and all the ALs, including financial well-being. I believe the parts of me that are still healing are important, as well as the parts of me that are still healed. And so I bring all of me to the show and to the work that God has called me to do. And I invite friends to come along, important friends to come along for the ride. And they also get to share their compelling stories of freedom. Walking the rich and beautiful life of faith plus being your authentic godly self can sometimes be so tricky. Choose to Live Free podcast is my way of making faith faith walk plus everything in between, including healing, become livable, relatable, and joy-filled. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We all need people. And if you have been listening to the podcast, new and old listeners, I want to say welcome to you all. So I stumbled there a bit because guess what? My kids are home. It's summertime. And I heard my son scream and I was like, what happened? But we'll keep the show going. We'll keep the show going. He's fine. (laughs) So as I mentioned in my intro, yeah. Have you ever been accused of anything at all in your life ever? It is not a great feeling, y'all, to have something like this, and it certainly can hit your ego, right? (laughs) Your character is like, no, not the character. Yep. In my experience, people who accuse others 
um, or defame others' character. Do so because of hurt and fear as the primary motivator. There is pride and jealousy and hurt and envy and some things that are going on to name a few. When this happens, though, it can leave you confused and hurt and betrayed. And there is also bitterness, anxiety and stress that goes on within you. So, you know, we have to deal with it. And sometimes you don't know how to deal with it. And I would say that the old cake, I had a way of dealing with stuff like that. I would get angry, upset. I would say stuff. But the new Kate, yeah, the godliness in me is having me take a different route. And I want to share that with everyone today. <laughs> so let's take a cruise to Acts chapters 10 and 11. All right, let's go. Apostle Paul had just completed an obedient call to action from God and looking forward to meeting his brothers. And so he made his way to Jerusalem. Upon seeing them, <clears throat> sorry, upon seeing them, he is greeted with warmth and kisses uh, and all those things, right? He's expecting to be greeted with all of these things, but that does not happen. What happens? They just decide to interrogate him about his actions of entering Cornelius's house and eating with his family. Now, First of all, rumors are so deadly, y'all. Like, so is gossip. Like, gossip and rumor, it kind of goes together. They are so deadly. And it can really, really break relationships. So what am I saying? I know of relationships that have been torn apart because of gossip and rumors. Imagine your excitement to tell your sisters and your friends all that you just learned from Jesus. And before you even have a seat to breathe, you're met with questions that do not give you room to respond, but rather implies you to be guilty. Ooh. So before we even go further, let's go back to chapter 10 and see what was really happening to Peter at this time. So Cornelius was a good man, but being a good man or a good person is not the same as godly. Let me repeat that. Yes. Being a good person is not the same as being godly. Godly is holy. So he was a devout and God-fearing man who had uh, so much that he gave generously to those in need and prayed regularly to God, still not holy enough or not godly, right? And the goal for us as Christians, as disciples of Jesus is to be like Jesus, is to get close to him, to be as near perfect as possible. It says that in Hebrews. And so Cornelius needed more. And it was time for a relationship with God and not just the religion. So he was doing the religion stuff, but he needed relationship. God needed to see his relationship. And when God saw that his heart was open and willing, he knew he had to go for it. And so he asked Peter to do that. So an angel of God alerted Cornelius that his need would be met by another person in another town, Simon Peter. What Cornelius did not know was that Simon Peter was being prepped by God for this same mission. May I say that? When you're praying, someone is definitely being positioned to answer that prayer. All right. So Peter in his own space is uh, working on a vision. He has a vision and he's, he's, he's walking this vision and he has the audacity to say to the Lord, surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Whew, the audacity to talk to God like that, but he did, and I love it. 
because he was being real. So that was, that's in verse 14, chapter 10, verse 14. So like, you know, God created everything, right? And so if he tells you to eat something, you eat it. Why would you begin to lean on your culture and traditions instead of listening to him? But we do understand. And we do this all the time, not just Peter, us too. We battle with ourselves over what the Bible says we must do and what the world and culture and tradition says, including our own unique selves. And sometimes we battle with what to do, lean on the Bible, lean on what we want, and so on and so forth. And therein lies so much disturbance within our souls as a result. So Peter quickly learns not to call everything God created uh, unclean or impure because this is what the Lord says. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And so Peter was, uh, in this case, Peter was following the law of Moses that abolished certain foods from being consumed. And he was just keeping to the food laws of the Old Testament until the Lord appeared to him and gave him something different that says, listen, I created these and as long as I have made them clean, then it is good to eat. So when the men sent by Cornelius arrive, Peter realizes that God had been preparing him all along in the vision that he, God, knows the plan to come. Peter didn't know the plan, but now he realized that, oh my goodness, all that was happening in the vision was because God had something important for me to accomplish. The vision and that was the will of God to be done. So if God had stamped his approval on something, go get what's yours, dear sister. I'll say that again. If God has stamped his approval on something, maybe it's your calling, maybe it's your purpose, maybe it's something that you have to do, a life work, go get, go get it because it is yours. Peter availed himself for the mission and through the mission learned who God was even more. That God not showing favoritism was something that was so, so important that it was mentioned in, uh, in, in Acts, which says that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. God feared, um, Cornelius feared God and was doing good work. Whether he was doing the right work, we will never know, but he was doing good work and God saw it and he responded. You can hear my kids in the background, right? Yes, it's summertime, y'all. It's summertime. Anyway, so, but we know that through his and Peter's obedience, Cornelius and the rest of the Gentiles were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that's really the backstory is this is where we have gotten to. Peter has been through the vision. He has been through Cornelius' house, a Gentile, and he has prayed and baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And now Peter wants to come to his brothers and give them the good news and everything, you know, give them the tea, the gist <laughs> of everything that had happened. And he walks into his community. And as soon as he walks in, he is bombarded with the accusatory questions. Well, we heard that, you know, you did this in Cornelius's house and how dare you, what, why would you do that and all that? And I don't know about Peter, but I probably would have leaned into my humanity more than, you know, the Holy Spirit, who knows? But Peter being Peter, this is what happens. And I want to share with you some of the principles here when it comes to Peter and Cornelius's. Uh, relationship and what happened there before I even talk about how we can handle the accusations that follow. So this is what Cornelius and Peter did. 
The first principle that Cornelius and Peter displayed is belief. Peter and Cornelius both believed and trusted God's word. This belief led to their obedience and all that ensued afterwards. Secondly, the obedience, we can see both Cornelius and Peter were in two separate spaces, hearing from God and doing as they were told. Your obedience today, dear sister, is the answered prayer that someone needs. Your obedience today, dear sister, is the answered prayer that someone needs. When you do hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit, I always say, do not delay. Do not delay. The third principle here is love. God teaches Peter and Cornelius how to be accepting of people, even when they are different from you and are trying to do the right thing by him. You have to respond. You have the fear of the Lord in them. Respond to them. Knowing what he knew and seeing what he had seen, when Peter was accused of doing what was contrary to the law, he knew whose name to stand on. Whose name do you stand on when you're being accused? When you're wrongfully being accused of something where people do not know the backstory, it is your right to tell your side of the story or not. It's really up to you. Although you can be accountable to a group of friends, sisters, you refer to your tribe and you do things with them. Your ultimate accountability is to God. So who do you stand on when you're being accused of something? I remember back in 2021 when I visited my home country, Ghana, and it was my dad's uh, funeral and uh, one year celebration and stuff like that. And um, I went, so I was there and a good family friend um, said something to me that in the, in, in the, in the initial conversation, I was like, Oh no, here we go. You know, she's told, she was, she was sh just sharing with me some things that she had heard. And one of the things being that, you know, when my dad, um, was sick, I did not want my dad to, uh, come to the United States to get well. Now this right there is an accusation of character, right? And so when I heard that, the initial thing to me was integrity because I hold that very, very highly when it comes to one of my values. And so when you hear something like this, it hits you like, oh, who say that? Like, that's not what happened. And so 2021, I was pretty close with the Lord. My relationship with God was pretty strong and I was in a space of joy and I really wanted to maintain that characteristic of my heart. And so when I heard it, all I did was say that, no, that's not true. I actually spoke and talked about my intentions to do this for him and that for him. And I was told that, no, it wouldn't be the right time and all that. So that was not true. And she said, oh, okay. And we left it at that. And I moved on with my life. <laughs> But the old Kate, I tell you, I would have raised some stuff and I would have said some stuff and given attitude to people and family members. And it's not necessary. It's not. <laughs> Taking this biblical application, here's what you do. And I need you to practice this, dear sister. You know, 
it, 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 it's one thing about living a godly life. It's another thing to believe that you're living a godly life. And I really, 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 you know, the goal of all the work that I do for I Am Free Woman and for this podcast and all my writings is I really, really believe that we all can strive. We all can push forward to be uh, uh, the children of God that he has created us to be in all aspects of our lives. And so when I talk about biblical application, what I'm saying is hear it, take it in and practice. That is one of the main ways in which you can become that person that you want to be. Practice it. If you start by negativity of uh, thinking where you're saying that, well, I can't be like Jesus, you've already negated what you really can be doing and what you're born to do. And if you have the image of God, you have the spirit of God in you, you can do this. And so taking this biblical application, here's what you can do and need to do to embrace how Peter even approached being falsely accused of something. You know, sometimes I do hear people reference the Bible as not easy to apply. And I refuse to believe that because I live by it and I know it is able, you can apply it. Sometimes it's hard. Maybe if what people are trying to say that it's not easy as in it's hard to apply because you're being asked to do something that is truly out of your human nature. And that's why you don't do it out of your human nature. You do it out of your nurtured spirit, right? Your nurtured side, the Holy Spirit. So while we don't see a step-by-step formula in Peter's actions, we see some characteristics of a peacemaker. The goal of anyone being accused is to get a message across. At the end of this process, at the end of this interaction with these people, this person, how do I want them to see Jesus in me? How do I want them to perceive me, right? That is the goal because we know what it says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is going to come at you in a number of ways. And false accusations are one of those ways in which he can easily, easily, easily attack you. So characteristic number one, or step, the first thing that we see Peter doing is this. Um, So the first characteristic is to have the end in mind. How will your response contribute to the relationship in a positive way? Peter knew that the mission he had been on was to be shared with, with with the rest of the church. And so him being upset and angry wouldn't help with such a cause. Plus, they were his godly community, so maybe he assumed the best of them that they were asking these questions out of the goodness of their hearts, right? That's another angle that we can look at. Number two, respond with action and with boldness. Explain. You know, it says explain everything as precisely as possible. Refraining from embellishment. We like to do that. I even sometimes do that where we add so much to the story to make it sound good. (laughs) If you sense an egotistical presence rising up in your heart to make yourself look good or feel good, that right there is embellishment. And so it, it will be that moment where you have to dial it back and stick to the facts. So in sticking to the facts, let's talk about that. That's number three. Stick to the facts. It will save you a lot of drama. You see how Peter explained his actions to his brothers. I was in. I saw A. I looked into. I replied. I began to speak. Facts, 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 dear sister. 
I think this is the easiest one to do because seriously, it's kind of like you take the emotions out of it and just say what you saw, what you heard, what you witnessed, and that's it, the facts. When I was told about this rumor or this defamation of character about my father's care, I remember feeling some kind of way, but thank God for his presence. Because while I felt betrayed and I felt hurt and I felt like I needed to defend my character and be like, what do you mean? Da, 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 da. I remember sharing the facts about what I did, which was I requested, I asked, I spoke to, I inquired. Those are some of the facts that you just need to lay out. My feelings were hurt, but I knew it would only lead to division in my family if I pushed the rumor any further. And so I chose differently. So you may be wondering then, how about defamation of character when it comes to the law, such as libel and slander? Does the word of God still apply in the legal realm? Well, first of all, accusations hit our character to some level, right? And let's understand the definitions of these two terms. Libel is defamation that is written. So someone writes it in a magazine, newspaper, internet, like Facebook and stuff like that, right? Slander is defamation that is orally published. So uh, I, I, I won't even want to go into details here because I am not a lawyer, so I won't speak to the process. But you have to remember that the burden of proof in both of these situations is on you if you decide to take legal action. You decide how you proceed, right? The point I want to make here is this. While there are legal things that you can do, when the defamation gets to you, you have the choice on what to do and how to do and what to do in your next steps. Really, the question becomes how far do you want to go? Yes, how far do you want to go? Your image or reputation, your character, Damages that have been caused as a result, right? Living in a litigious country such as the United States and even some parts of the world now, people do sue for any and everything that they feel has been done wrong to their character and to them. Yep. And so you might have some people that will say that, nah, I'm going to sue because that was not right that you said that about me. Da, 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 da. But <sighs> you can fight in the flesh and you can fight in the spirit. Notice I did not say or fight in the spirit because it will be your call ultimately, dear sister, what you do. As for Kate, me at this juncture in my life and knowing what I have known when it comes to how God fights for us and he has fought for me when it comes to my father's uh, rumor and all those things that were said about me and my character. Oh, you know, my peace of mind is so important. My peace of mind is so important. And so I will probably seek uh, spiritual warfare first before I do anything else. I will add though that one thing I don't see or I didn't notice in Peter's uh, approach is prayer, but we know that P Peter was always praying. So he probably prayed while his brothers was were, were accusing him of something, right? Um, but here's the deal. In Nehemiah, when you go to Nehemiah chapter 6, you notice that when the enemies tried to even prevent him from building the wall and they were saying things about him that were not true, we see clearly what Nehemiah did. It says, but I prayed, now strengthen my hands. So while we don't see Peter praying, and I do believe that he did, Nehemiah makes it straight up like, you know, when he was being accused, he said, I'm going to start with prayer. And so, dear sisters, prayer is a huge part of your walk. 
Prayer is a huge part of your practice that you have to do because when all else fails, that is one of the main things that you need to hold on to. This, dear sister, is how we take what God has breathed and inspired and apply it daily. Your goal in any interaction is peacemaking and walking away knowing you spoke and represented Christ well. When the brothers heard the facts, they had no further objections and they praised God. How about that? When you have said all you can say and you've mentioned the facts, not, you know, now I feel some kind of way that you said and that. Take your feelings to God, give your feelings to God and give the facts to the people. Let me say that again. Take your feelings to God and give the facts to the people. God knows your heart. He knows who you are. He knows how you walk and how you talk and your character and all that. Let's be real. It is not easy walking in peace. The enemy is cunning and will attempt to tempt you in any way possible. God himself will sometimes test us to see that we show ourselves approved. It takes daily mental practice and application of what you know in order to show yourself approved. Today's podcast has given you some tools to build up as a godly character when it comes to you being a woman of God. You can do it. Listen, before you even say, but I'm not like Jesus, how about you posture your heart and respond to him with, I want to imitate you, Lord, so please help me. Just that prayer. That is a dangerous prayer and a bold one. If you want to make a difference, dear sister, remember, you have got to be different. So here are three thoughts for you. Being falsely accused isn't fun and it can mess with your spirit, your soul, and your body. It can cause unnecessary stress, anxiety, and other mental health problems. Whatever you decide to do to rectify the situation, you must believe that God fights for you and sends his angels to fight for you. Psalm 91. You can begin with prayer and end with praise. You can begin with patience and end with prayer. You can begin with a great attitude and end with a great appreciation. While the world may have your approaching life difficulties in your own strength, you're different. You're built differently, a child of God. And so you walk with the spirit. And when you do so, you do so, you do so, you do so. You will not gratify the flesh. When you find yourself in the situation of defamation, be settled in who you are in Christ. Take on an attitude of victory and allow your heart to rest in the presence of God. Practice pacing your thoughts and through prayer and calmness, you will know when God says to do something. You know when God says to be still. Yeah, be still. And you know what he does, right? So just do that. Three words for today. Explain. You have to explain yourself. You have to explain with the facts and leave the feelings to God. You have to take action. Whatever you believe you have to do, you have to do it. You also have to take accountability. Okay? Three actions for you today, dear sister. Please rate, review the podcast if it is blessing you in any way. Our goal is to help you heal your heart and mind and to develop godly character, develop traits that are going to help you heal your heart habits. Our hearts are postured in some way, sometimes to do things that it's not supposed to. And this podcast is to help us be different. 
subscribe, connect with me, connect with us, YouTube channel, like, share, comment, follow us, all those things. Please, please, please pass it on. Answer these three questions. I always give you coaching questions at the end. So here we go. How do I respond now when I am accused wrongly? Or how have I responded in the past situations? Number two, how can I choose my actions next time and embody the principles from Acts chapter 11? Number three, what godly community or circle of friends do I have that keep me accountable? Your third action, join the Dear Sister community for great things now and ahead. So visit IamFreeWoman.org for a subscription. And it is free. Nothing there, just free. Okay? It is always a great time walking in my purpose of teaching and building others up in the ways of God. I have tested it and it is true. And I believe that everybody, everybody, every human has the ability to do things the way they can and should as designed by God. Living free is everyday godly decisions that frees your heart and mind, feeds your heart and mind, and focuses your heart and mind. And so, my heart is full and I hope yours is too. Listen, dear sister, I want us to be different, living in the fullness of our callings, y'all. I am so happy that I get to walk in my purpose to help so many of you live joyfully free. And so there is work to do and we have to transform our heart and mind and it is one heartbeat at a time. And so, dear sister, let's choose to be free. Let's choose to live free. Let's choose to stay free. Being faithfully renewed, encouraged, exceptional women and men of God. Until next time, this is Kate, your Chief Joy Activator. May God's goodness and mercy follow you always. And remember, heal people, heal people. So I want you to go out there and heal someone today. Choose to live free. I love you. Bye.